Uh, what did Ric Flair always say? Kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, <laughs> jet flying, limousine riding, son of a gun. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good. <laughs> I'm glad that you know that. Bryant, 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 how are you doing after a um, after a troubling weekend of soccer? What, how, how are you doing, man? Um, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Um, I've got myself a beer while we talk, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nursing uh, nursing my wounds here. But what are you gonna make it? Uh, it is the Fatheads uh, Oktoberfest that they just put out. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that sounded good, and I, I my reply sounded really good too. I got really, I got really into that. I think it's jealousy because I'm drinking a, um, I'm drinking a fine 2019 H2O. Ooh, it's a Ooh. good year. No, it's good vintage. We just bought a new filter, so it really tastes great. Um, I, I texted you before the match, and I warned you about Newcastle, and I wasn't joking. I actually said, you know, you know, there are no slouches, and it should be, you know, good match, good luck, and I, I wish you luck for. 36 you know matches out of the year i wish you luck but i was not expecting um i was not expecting that outcome yeah no um i have to say i wasn't either i had you know you know me i'm i'm the eternal pessimist i always think we're gonna lose i always think the worst is gonna happen <laughs> um so i didn't feel uh, you know just that normal like gut feeling of okay what if something goes wrong um and Something definitely went wrong. <laughs> losing uh losing one nil to to Newcastle, a team that's uh gonna struggle for, you know, to stay up this year is it's not a great feeling. No, no. And I by now hopefully people they might not know we're talking about um, Tottenham, but I, I have nothing but respect for you for you know, you went out to the bar. Were there any Newcastle fans out there? No, we did not see any Newcastle fans there to endeavor. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, and then you started texting me some pretty bad stuff about the referee, and I'm not going to say what you said, but you wished some pretty bad things upon him. Now we we eventually, you know, um, I think I brought you down off the off, off the, the ledge, ledge. off of yeah. the, not even the ledge, but because you weren't there, I think you were about to push whoever was on the corner of the ledge. I think you were ready to com- uh, to commit some atrocities, but um, luckily you didn't. And I just thought, wow, this is uh, maybe we shouldn't do this podcast next week. But I'm glad we waited another day because if we would have done it yesterday, I think that would have. Been, I think you might not have been in as good of a spot as you are now because I think you're you've moved on to the acceptance, uh, the, acceptance yeah. phase. I'm in that phase of grief. Yeah, Mike Dean was uh, was not on on the on my good list uh, after Sunday. I think just you know a lot of missed calls, a lot of a lot of things that were pretty obvious, at least to, to me. And I, I'll say I'm biased. Um, there was a, an obvious penalty that was missed that, you know, I like to think if Harry Kane's taken a penalty, he's he's probably going to make that penalty. He's generally pretty good at this. Um, he's very English though. He has that he, going against him. He does have that going. against. He's, he's very, very English. Um, Barely understand the guy when he talks. I love him, but it's uh, 
but it you know it was rough not great I, i've got some some long-term concerns about the team for this season i know it's three games in but we're uh i don't know if you've heard the stat but we are we have 15 points in our last 15 matches in the premier league oh, wow yeah that's well, something uh, else that's consistent yeah we're we're averaging a tie a game four wins in that stretch and three draws and a whole lot of l's eight eight losses <sighs> Well, I, I understand uh, the frustration-ish. Um, uh, me, a few years ago, understands the frustration. And you talk about, you know, there's no easy games and against Newcastle and you're not po- uh, pos- uh, positive about it or optimistic because that's the word you use in that um, situation. I was very optimistic because we were playing Arsenal. You know, you have those games against those teams that you just feel like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, you know... Um, You'd like you have the Burnleys and the Southamptons and the Arsenals that just uh, make you feel good about everything. And I'm glad that um, my weekend was, I'm not saying it was better than your weekend. I mean, two hours does not make an entire weekend. But I, I, I did have an enjoyable time. I would imagine. You know, and, and I will say I had an enjoyable time. Anytime I get to see Arsenal lose a game, Particularly one that's not competitive, uh, it does you know warm my heart a little bit just to uh, just to see that. Yeah, it warms your cockles. That's nice. And you know we've got Arsenal this week, big North London derby, big rivalry oh. game. Hoping to uh, get a little bounce back. I mean, if you can't as a player, if you can't get up for you know North London derby against your biggest rival, then you don't deserve to be in the sport. Why I mean, are you doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing it? I know it, it's hard. It, it hurts to talk about. I can feel it. You're, you want to talk, you're, it, it yeah. kind of gets you. I, I'll, I'll root. I'm rooting for you. We have a big one against Burnley this weekend, so we'll. Uh, I'm right there with it. When is it? Saturday? You're not not the Liverpool match. Your match. Uh, ours is Sunday. We're the like Sunday, uh, Sunday late, like eleven thirty. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're gonna go out to Endeavor for that one too. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't miss uh, Endeavor on a North London Derby day. Absolutely. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be crazy. Central Columbus for North London. Absolutely. All right, let's we'll, we'll go ahead and let's get the show started officially, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to our first ever, the inaugural, inaugural, inaugural episode of Brian and Me. This is a podcast where we talk about soccer and other things. Oh, you can add more than a woot. Uh, Go ahead and tell us who you are, Brian. I am uh, Brian Caves. I'm a recovering uh, Tottenham fan, recovering over the weekend. (laughs) Um, Love love my Spurs, but they, they tend to do me wrong. But other thought, than that, when you, you said recovering, I, I got worried. I thought during the introduction, during the intro music that just played, that you were you were ready to give up. I thought after that few seconds, you were like, "That's it. I've had a I've had a revelation, and I'm done." Like you're recovering from being a fan, but I know that's not the case. I'm just recovering from the loss. Yeah, recovering from a little heartbreak, but goes I'm with the territory. My, yeah, I'm trying my best to get you around um, some Liverpool folks and 
try to change your mind, but um, that hasn't worked. But yeah, this uh, this podcast, yeah, we, this is kind of a a brainchild of Brian and I, where you know we 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 have a lot of interest, we have a lot of things that we um, seem to talk about, and and we're two white guys, so a podcast is right down our alley. I think we Always. really needed to, yeah. We, this is our medium. This is a medium to share our thoughts, these um, innovative things that we think about. Um, with you, the audience, the audience who decided to listen to this, more than likely our family or our close friends, because um, we've asked them to listen to it. But um, yeah, my name is Thomas and uh, Thomas Costello. And Brian and I, we're, we're going to take you on a journey through many different topics each week. It's uh, We call it a soccer podcast, but that's loose at best. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, but um, probably things around the Premier League, whatever is going on around the world and then also some columbus crew stuff because we do take this podcast and we um, record it in beautiful central ohio um really they call it the 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 paris of of north america is columbus ohio Um, it's really a land of romance and excitement and so we're gonna kind of walk you through all that romance and excitement too no you're not as much romance um where our our, i don't think our wives would appreciate um Probably less on the romance and you know <laughs> excitement. Excitement is probably relative too, but yeah, you know, there'll be something here. There'll be something. yeah. I'm worried that your wife just heard you, Alyssa. Where she just heard you talk about romance, and she's like, "I know he's just talking to Thomas," or or hopefully she's out of the room because I don't want you to um, I don't want you to incriminate yourself. I think she's in the bedroom with her headphones on. So yeah, I think we'll be uh I think we'll be all right here. Oh good, good. Um uh, well today we're gonna talk about a, a little lighter show to get everything started off. We're gonna t- talk about uh fascism. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about hell. Uh we're gonna talk about uh protests and marches, and then we're gonna talk about um global warming and politics. So we're gonna keep it we're gonna keep it light light easy listening this is not going to yeah. be heavy something yeah, some, for your for something for your workout yeah something something to listen to on the way to church on sunday morning there you go you know something just to um just to wet the whistle a little bit um uh, first thing we're talking about uh hell not not really hell but we'll talk about the columbus crew and the the hell is real hell is real darby Oh, I said Derby. I mean Derby. The hell is real <laughs> match over the weekend, Brian. We had the we had the joy ish of going to the um, Columbus Crew match a few weeks ago. Not even a few weeks ago. What was that? Like a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago? Um, I think it was about that. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we had the opportunity of going to Montfrey Stadium. Not really an opportunity. We both live within miles of it, but to see them play. Uh, Rival Cincinnati or uh, the, the the Foose lads from Cincinnati. It was um, it was a pretty good time. They came out with a draw. There were a few chances where I think Zardis could have um, ended the game in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, could have happened. I think he hit one off the crossbar, if I remember right. Well, yeah, uh, he, got, he whiffed one of them. I think one of them went over the net, and he, he's gotten a lot of flack. On the internet, so I know you're you're recently um, you're coming back to Twitter after a long layover, um, but he got a, he got a lot of uh, got a lot of flack for that match. Well, I think he uh, I think he might have made up for it over the weekend. Yeah, he um, 
that we'll, we'll get to that because that was good. Um, Sunday was nice, but that first match, you know, being down two to zero, you, you can't complain too much. Um, I know you didn't have the greatest first half either, um, because we we were uh, we were in the Nordeca or the supporter section um, for the first half, and you didn't tell me you kind of muscled through it, but you didn't tell me that you were like in some pretty bad pain. What was going on? I, you know, I don't know. It was weird. It just got kind of a little woozy, a little lightheaded. I don't know if I was just uh, not used to standing for that long. It's been a minute. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a 20 year old kid in the Florida State student section anymore at football games. So, uh, you know, getting a little excited. Probably had a few beer, had a few beers before the game. Um, hmm. Probably not enough water, and you know. I wouldn't know what you're talking about with alcohol because I I abstain from it. But uh, I know I could see because you like around the 40th minute or like it was probably the 35th or so. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go get some water, and I didn't see you for like 10 minutes. I got a little worried about you. Yeah, I got a little yeah. worried. I thought well, everyone we talked to that um, that day in the parking lot was all somewhat connected to Liverpool. So I thought you were just walking home. They were down two to zero. I thought you were like, screw it. I'm done with this. All these Liverpool folks were down two nil. If I start walking now, I could probably make it by the end of, you know, by the end of stoppage time. Yeah. But luckily, no, we, uh, you felt a little better. We, we went to our, our proper, um, proper seats. I'm not saying that we illegally went into our initial seats. I'm just saying that we had tickets. You were given a ticket to the section. I was given a ticket to the section. So we, we got in there proper. We didn't get in there, um, breaking the law because that's something i would never do yeah no me neither definitely not no. yeah for the record for the record but um they came back it was two to two i think us moving um i think it really impacted the game i think that was a turning point to where they came out like you know what there's time to time to get one you know get one for the fans that was you know we were on the end where they were attacking Mm-hmm. So I think we really willed them to to that draw to that miraculous comeback. It's all yeah, us, it was, really. Yeah, oh for sure. It's a really good crowd. It was a really good crowd at the stadium, um, considering the the kind of two and a half years that crew fans have had with you know team getting stolen and uh, even before that the owner was not marketing your team and there was not a lot of people coming out to matches and stuff like that and it was. Um, they're still kind of recovering, but I think you having a match like that with you have uh, in-state rivals this is the closest that Columbus has ever had to a rival in terms of proximity. Because before you had to drive from Columbus to Chicago, which is no small task, as we by know any well. means. Yeah, as we as we've done um, going to South Bend, which we're pretty much on the doorstep of of Chicago or Philadelphia or Toronto. Those are really the closest things Columbus had. So. It was um, it was pretty awesome to see it. I, I want to bring this up not because I'm trying to knock a guy because I I like to support the players and even with Jossie, well, over the weekend was like redemption because during that first match against Cincinnati, a gentleman named Connor Maloney, he's a Penn State grad, he's one of our fullbacks on the team, and he had a um, not a great game. He did not have a great game against Cincinnati. It was his yeah. first start in a while. Didn't have a lot of minutes this season. He was brought in because of injuries. And there were some people in our section who wanted to let him know that he was not doing a very good job. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, I'll let it speak for itself. It wasn't, it wasn't ideal. But you talked about Sunday and how it was 
it was a little different. But I, I want to talk to you about something that happened before Sunday. I was involved, and this might come across as a shock because I'm somebody who notoriously types tweets out and then deletes them because I don't <laughs> like I don't like giving people notifications. People that want notifications, I try not to give it to them. Sure, I, I type it out, get it out of my system, take a breath, and then I move on. I usually just converse with people who uh, who I already know on there or people who just want to have civil conversations. But uh, it started oddly enough with somebody asking about a, a video. Did you hear about the, the jersey burning video? No, I must have missed that. Okay. Oh, what well, happened? You can't say you missed it because uh, – there was a Columbus crew fan, I say with air quotes, it's an audio podcast, imagine I had air quotes, and he uh, he burned his, uh, he burned an FCC jersey, or a or foosball club, um, f- foosball club Cincinnati jersey, he burned it on a grill, and we were like, oh, some people were like, oh, that's crazy, some people were like, oh, okay, sure, and then there was some um, anger from some of the Cincinnati fans, but then... In the days leading up to Sunday, it it came out from the person who made the video that he was a Cincy fan all along, <laughs> and it was a trolling video. And this guy, this guy made a um, this guy made a an account as a crew fan back in February, and all of the, I went through his account for like a minute or two because it was all like every tweet was something about fire, something about burning, using flame emojis. <laughs> And then he eventually posted the video, and then he posted the, oh, I'm actually a Cincy fan video, kind of trolling at the Columbus fans, which, to each their own. I didn't watch it with the audio on, so I don't know what he actually said in the crew video. So I had um, one of some, uh, a a co-host of a podcast called Wrong Side of the Pond. They are based out of Cincinnati, but they're a uh, Premier League, MLS, soccer in general type of uh, podcast, and they talked about... One of the guys on there, he tweeted out, what's going on with this video? What's everyone talking about? Because he saw a lot of hashtag Bants uh, with the Z, Bants, about what was um, about a video. So somebody replied, and then I added on to it. And I was like, yeah, it was um, some guy created a fake account. And I even gave him props. I was like, I gave him, gave him props because he's been doing this since February. But um, not a lot of props. I said I gave them some. And then I, I followed it up with, man, I'm glad that I, you know, and married and I have kids and I have other things to do that actually um, um, that are real life things. I'm glad that there are things that distract me from living a life where somebody does that. Yeah. That's uh, a, not great. A, a, it's excessive. It's excessive. Um, and then I started getting some FCC trolls replying to me. Oh, and they're, well. and they were using expletives, uh, a certain word that has different connotations, a certain word that rhymes with truck. And they were saying things like keep trucking. And I don't know if that means like, were they commenting on a, my marital relationship? Because of that regard, I mean, that's not a bad thing. No, that's more of a, that's a, that's a positive. You're encouraging a nice, healthy relationship. I'm fine with that. Uh, So I didn't know the context and I eventually muted the conversation. Well, guess what? They made another video. Brian and apparently I was uh, my comments were included in the video what I haven't seen a second of the video but there's apparently a video out there where they use my comments about being married and having kids and having a real life Um, 
So I, 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 you didn't know this before. I just told you this right now. This is breaking news. How does it feel um, having a podcast with a with a with a a celebrity? I mean, I, I didn't know I was speaking to you know Twitter Ohio soccer royalty. <laughs> um, I have a you know just a question. So uh, obviously, this guy went through all the time and the fun to create a fake account. You know, did all this stuff, set all this stuff up. How did we figure out that he was uh, faking this the whole time? Was there like a Scooby Doo reveal? <laughs> Where they, you know, pull off the mask and it turns out it's, you know, old man Jenkins would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids, like that kind of thing. Or how do we figure out he was faking it? Well, he made a second video where he cut it. He spliced in different parts of his initial video. And then it shows like a fan, like from the from the neck down in a, in a crew, putting a crew scarf on and saying stuff. And again, I, I listened to it on mute because... I don't watch videos with sound on. Call me weird. I don't call. I don't watch them, especially if they're about soccer banter. I don't watch them. Um, but he, Probably smart. And that, yeah, he showed his first video during the clip, and even in the first video, they only showed from the neck down. So his big reveal was at the end of the second video. It shows his face, and then all the the Foose lads who are uh, apparently f- fans of his account were like, "Oh my gosh, it's the guy from the Cincinnati account." And that was that was about it. Wow, that's like that's like some pro wrestling stuff right there. Like he had like a heel turn or something. It was like <laughs> that's like Hulk Hulk Hogan joining the NWO or something. It's just can't believe it. Well, that's 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 a little insulting to Hulk. Um, it's it's kind of more like um, Ohio Valley wrestling than it is WW WCW. Yeah, you know that's probably fair. That's fair, but it was. Um, and Ohio Valley's in West Virginia. I know you're from Florida, so I don't know if you knew that. I'm Did familiar you know that? with I'm familiar with Ohio Valley wrestling, actually. Oh, okay, okay. So that was a relevant, a relevant, um, uh, whatever you call it, reference. That's what it is. Yeah. So Sunday, uh, I I did not get any altercations with the Foose lads on Sunday. It was it was really great. I, a friend of mine he uh, offered me tickets. My friend Shane. Uh, we've known each other for a few years here, and he uh, we go to matches together. We've gone to Ohio State uh, sporting events together because they're free. We don't go to like I don't go to the ones you have to pay money. I go to the ones where I get free tickets or like soccer, which it doesn't cost anything to go to. But he offered me like a month and a half ago, like, hey, do you want to go to this match? I have a ticket. And I was like, sure, I'll drive down there, and then we're even. Let's go do it. So we drove down Sunday, like midday. We didn't spend all day down there because there's really nowhere to tailgate. Um, down in Cincinnati, okay. we parked. We uh, we drove down, parked in a parking garage that was a good mile from the stadium. Um, walked over to it. it was it was a pretty good time. I mean, then we go to the match and we were in the supporter section, so we nice. were in a three a three section area. I actually uh, stood next to uh, the T Bone, degenerate T Bone from um, what is it ninety seven one? Is that uh, Common Man and T Bone? That's a uh... A show yeah. around here, right? Okay. Yeah, it's a, a sports show, and he was big in the Save the Crew, and he was vocal, and he was a supporter of it, and he's he's on the Twitters, and uh, we we stood right next to each other. Wow. Yeah. So we um, during the match, you know, the crew ended up um, scorching them three to zero um, in the first half. At the end of the first half, which is um, pretty good if you're not a fan of soccer. If it's my mom listening to this, um, it's it's a pretty good score line. 
they ended up winning the match three to one. There was some chippiness. There was some uh, a little bit of fighting after Cincinnati scored a goal. Um, the crew picked the ball up, and this was in like the 85th to 90th minute. It was towards the end of the match. And since they did the thing where they score a goal, then they run in to grab the ball so they can run it back out to the center circle so they can they can go out there again and try to score the the two other goals they needed. When it took them 85 minutes to score one goal, they thought they could score two more in, in, in 10 minutes. Sure. And then they got a fight because the crew player grabbed the ball. And it was all, it was all good fun. A lot of the fans in Cincinnati, um, they came up from the USL this year. The last two years, they've had a lot of great attendance. They fill up a college football stadium, University of Cincinnati, but still a college football stadium. Sure. Uh, they get about 30,000 people in there weekly. And the team is in last place, but they still get a lot of people out there. So it's a, a pretty good crowd. But around the 70th minute, um, started filing out. Um, people started leaving pretty early. We we had some good chants um, going on about uh, uh, fire drills and beating the traffic. And it nice. was... We, we, we had a good time, but but Zardis, who looked like he had the yips over the last couple of weeks, he scored two goals pretty quick, yeah. um, pretty quick within the match. So he kind of redeemed himself. I mean, what a way to, you know, it's it's the dumb and dumber line, right? Like, just when I think you can't go and do any worse, <laughs> you totally redeem yourself. And that he did. He did a great job. And, and then Connor Maloney talked about how uh, he wasn't great in the first match. He was... Um, he, the passes were bad. He was over. Um, he was kind of over covering guys. He was running past guys. He he didn't have good positioning on the field, and that it looked just he was he was nervous. He he kind of wasn't. It didn't look like he was used to playing with the first team out there weekly because he doesn't. But man, he was all over the place on Sunday. He was running up and down. He he has the work rate of I don't even know. He he's he's a wild animal out there. He never stops running. He's going up for headers, and this guy's not tall. He's maybe like five six or five seven. No, not probably not even that, because soccer players are not notoriously tall. But sure, he's he's trying to go up for headers against these huge guys. He got a yellow card because he was um, after a whistle blew. He kept going, and he like he I like took it. the ball from somebody. I don't think I don't know. Maybe he didn't hear the whistle or anything like that. But they tried to nutmeg him in the in the box. And he he turned around and kind of boxed the guy out, like he was Shaquille O'Neal. He just moved, pushed the guy back, and then cleared the ball out. He was just, it was a good night for him. I was glad that um, not only the scoreline, um, having a draw against a team. Now the crew in Cincinnati, they're um, they're the s- second to last and last team in the Eastern Conference, respectively, and um, so it wasn't. You're not expecting fireworks, but Sunday was definitely um, a, probably the highlight of the season for crew fans. But when you can beat your rival like that, you know, it's it's a new rivalry. I think both teams really wanted, especially when the first one ended in a draw, right? Both teams really wanted to win to get those bragging rights for the year, mm-hmm. um, get the Twitter bragging rights, you know, potentially burn some <laughs> kits, do whatever you want to do, but... <laughs> You know, it's cool to go down to their place, come out with a win, come out with really a dominating win. I mean, that that last uh, goal, like you said, was in garbage time. The game was pretty well already decided. Um, to get to talk a little smack, too, is is a lot of fun. The Twitter's been fun reading the reports of uh, some of the chants. I mean, I know at our, our home, our home uh, game at, at Mob Free, my favorite was Skyline Sucks. Mm, or, that's a good uh, one. 
Yeah, it was it was a good one, but there was some creativity. I, I remember uh, was it something like go back to the back to the USL? Uh, it started off as USL, so it's USL, USL, and that was that was the extent of it. Then they, we added another one later. I can't remember the words exactly because it was based off of another song, or at least the tune was, and I can't remember the tune either. I. It was a long. It was a long day. I was doing a lot of yelling and a lot of driving. We did a ton of walking, so I can't remember um, the song that they were kind of paying homage to with it. But that that was a lot of fun. And I, I, at some point, this is something I saw on the internet's too. After we um, we chanted, "This is our house," just kind of like joking around. And there were a lot of jokes. Like we said, we started off with "Ohio is black and gold." And then we said Cincinnati is black and gold. And then eventually it started as we started chanting Kentucky is black and gold. Because the joke <laughs> is that for Ohioans, the joke is that Cincinnati is pretty much Kentucky. Yeah, it's about right. If you're ranking the top cities in Ohio, you probably put, you know, Columbus and Cleveland are up there and then throw Dayton, Canton, Akron, and then Cincinnati is down there. And I'm, I'm just kidding. I've never spent a lot of time there, so I can't really knock it. But uh, the, the USL chant got people upset. But whenever we started chanting, like, this is our house, our house, or something along those lines, apparently they chanted back Austin, Texas. I, as if it was a relevant burn against the crew, crew fans after, you know, they spent a year and a half, over a year and a half, fighting to keep the team. And they made the team look viable, and the team got picked up. Like, I, it was kind of a, it was kind of weak. I mean, yeah. What's what's the point of that? Like, hey guys, your owner was a douchebag and wanted to move the team, but you guys found a way to keep the team and are now building a new stadium. Hey, we got you good. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe, maybe they were trying to um, honor us. You know that's true. The uh, comparing you to the to the Austin Broccoli's when they uh, <laughs> when they decide to do their thing there. Well, that was fun. That was good. But it, unfortunately, it's probably going to be one of the last matches I go to for a while, and not because of time. Well, time. I'm making podcasts, so I obviously have time in life, but. Um, not the time or the money, but there's a lot been going on with the MLS lately. Yeah, yeah. The uh, our good friends, fellow colleagues out in Portland, are uh, Portland and Seattle having having a little war with uh, with the MLS right now. Yeah, they had a little war um, back in March. Uh, Donnie Garber had some words for um, supporters about having the the Iron Front symbol. And calling it a political symbol, a symbol that's historically against Nazis, against fascists, is a is a, a political symbol that people don't. He got a lot of feedback that people don't like the symbol inside the matches because I, I'm sure that you know families bringing their kids see an Iron Front logo, and it just it gets them upset, it gets them frustrated. But it, it's all kind of stemmed from stories that came out about. Um, some proud boys or some uh, white supremacists from the New York area that go to New York city matches. And there was some talks of, and not talks. It happened of some guys from their group going to 
the matches and whenever they're trying to put up like anti-fascist signs or certain signs like he there are people intimidating the fans there are people intimidating the people trying to put signs up yeah. soccer is historically a political sport the fans are very political they get into causes they they support different things they make banners about it they talk about it um but this side is not really the side that normally comes out of these soccer matches, unless we're talking about matches in Russia or um, something along those lines. But that's how you know we're really catching up with our uh, <laughs> our European counterparts when when you know the racists and stuff start coming to the games. Yeah, like that's when really... you really know we're almost to Serie A level, like right now. We're getting we we always we're striving to be one of the top leagues in the world, so maybe that's part of it. Um, but Donnie came out and said that, you know, well, if we have one side um, showing their views, then we have to let the other side have their views, which is kind of if. And then Portland and Seattle, they are, they act like they created the sport of soccer. So they get a little on their high horse sometimes, but this is legit. Like this is legitimate issue that they've had with the, with the leadership of the MLS where they're not allowed to have, the iron front logo, which is three arrows, three arrows pointing down into the to the left. That's pretty much what it is. It's in a circle. You can't use that anymore. They said it can be on T-shirts, but it can't be on a banner, and you can't have it up prominently in a match. So um, the Portland Timbers came out, and they had a – did you see the statement, Bryant? I did, yeah. I did see the, I did see the statement. Um, I mean, it – to me, it was what the Portland Timbers said was, again, it's it's this whole thing of this kind of both sides thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, oh, you know, well, if we're equating, you know, if, if the Proud Boys are going to come or, or if the, you know, Antifa or the Iron Front folks are going to come, then we have to let the other side, you know, speak. And it's like, do you, though? <laughs> like, do like. You? Do you really, I mean, do we really need to let the, you know, the, if you let the people that say, hey, you know, maybe let's not be like racist or homophobic or misogynist and let's, let's not hate people. Is that really a political statement? I, the one side, the, the only thing that they tried to pass off and it, the, the part that I agree with is violence in the stadiums. You don't want to have. Antifa people, if you have extreme, they're extreme people in any kind of cause or in any kind of group, um, like people who burn their own jerseys and stuff. But uh, with Antifa, it's if you have people who are inciting violence at a match, that's not a good thing. And that's why you have security. That's why you have people to get them out of the matches. That's why you can ban them from the stadium if they're doing violent acts within the stadium. But I saw this um, online and someone made a great point that. If you're worried about violence because an Antifa sign or something against fascism makes other people angry or might incite violence from other people, shouldn't you be kind of worried about having those other people at your matches? (laughs) Exactly. Are those really the people you want um, at your matches? Again, are those the people, you know, those are the people that are going to go fight with Antifa are not your. Um, family of you know mom, dad, and two kids that are there, you know, to watch a soccer match, and you know, little Junior's got his you know little kid on, and he's all excited. Those are not the people that are going to be out there fighting with uh, with Antifa. 
so are you if you don't have violence if antifa's not causing violence the people are coming in that want to pick a fight and do things like this don't you want to just not have those people <laughs> that's that logically that's yes what you want you don't want the the people um in there and it just seems like giving it a louder voice and part of it might be because you don't want to upset people you don't want to upset maybe the culture you don't want to not the culture meaning the majority of people because i think the majority of people are in agreement that you don't want racist and fascist like folks at your matches or really anywhere in real life it's better kind of kept um in your in your message boards and uh in your mom's basement that sort of thing um uh, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way that they did that so this is not like a a big thing. I know my money is not going to break the bank with the MLS and their um, real estate scheme and all that. But I just, I, I, I don't want to go to any matches. I don't want to go to any matches where they're actively going against. And that does not mean that the crew have come out and said anything. The uh, Dr. Pete Edwards and the Haslam's haven't said anything, but silence can be pretty deafening too. And absolutely. And uh, it is a franchise. So in MLS, unlike other sports or franchises, but you do have independent actual owners of the team, actual ownership, where the MLS is you don't have owners. You have investor operators. You only have owners whenever there is a social media post by MLS or some kind of press conference talking about ownership. But we saw in the whole Save the Crew debacle that they came out and said, um, no, Precourt's not an owner. He's an investor operator. So they're not going to say something that's against the MLS. They're not going to say something that's actively against the procedures that Don has put in place and the leadership has put in place. And Don's not going to leave either because he's making these people a lot of money. The reason you have so many investor operators coming in is because they're making a lot of money. Yeah. So the only way that you can get people to stop doing things that you don't agree with whenever it comes to business is not giving them any of your money anymore. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's what... So that's what my plan is now, is to not give many more of the money. Now, going to the match on Sunday, it was rough. Not because of the match, because it was an amazing game. And they won, and it was really fun. And I was with fellow supporters, and we were singing, and we were having a good time. Everyone's high-five, and you didn't even know the people, but you talked to them. And, and then I did see people that I did know, and I got to you know, enjoy the moment with folks that I talk to regularly. And that was a fun part of it. But even part of me was a little bummed out. The reason that it was upsetting was because... Oh, I'm not going to be able to do this for a while because yeah. I don't want to spend anything else. I don't want to put any money into the pockets until they come out and say, you know what? No, this is wrong. We should stand up against this because they have so many different causes. They're like, don't cross the line. That was one of their things. Don't cross the line. Don't do things that are um, upsetting to people and hatred and being um, hateful against people and racism and all that but that's it just so, it's just a campaign and and where does that stop you know it's right now they're saying well the iron front symbol is is a political statement right so that's that's a political statement okay is the pride i know they they currently have you know a pride night and they spend they make a lot of money and pat themselves on the back quite a bit with their you know initiatives and their pride you know the pride kits that they sell and I know in the in the Nordeka the pride flag is very prominently displayed, you know, 
in the front as it should be. Mm-hmm. But at what point do they say, okay, well, now people are complaining about the pride flag. Yeah. And so the pride flag is, is a political statement now. Or, you know, is, uh, if we really want to go down that road, is the national anthem a political statement? Or propaganda. Yeah. I mean, what what is a political statement to you? And and that was something that they had an interview with um, with Donnie Garber. He did an interview with ESPN, and they asked him about that specifically, the pride flag. And they also talked about Make America Great Again hats. So they asked him in the interview, and the interview was I I only read it. It was a it was an actual written out interview, and um, he said about the pride flag, no, that's not a political statement. And then that was the end of the answer. And then the ESPN um, journalist, I respect him for this, he came back and said. What about the Make America Great Again hats? Yeah. And then his his response, and he's you kind of can guess where his party allegiance lies. He's a businessman. He makes a lot of money. Um he's in the business of making other people a lot of money. Yeah. But he said, Well, I'm not I'm not gonna go down that road and answer the um, those specific questions and get even though he just answered the specific pride flag one, but he kept away from the make America great again one. Of course it is. So, so that's and that even goes to the whole not being against it because you have a feeling that they don't want to get in trouble. If they go uh, anti this group, that could turn into even political backlash because our culture is a uh, you know, a boiling, boiling pot where turning up the heat just a little bit will get the, you know, the creamsicle in chief tweeting stuff out and saying stuff on, in, in press conferences. And you don't want that type of publicity. I mean, I mean, Baron, you know, Baron's a soccer player. He's in the uh, Arsenal uh, Academy system. Be careful. Another... He's a child. Brian, don't yet, take it out on him. He's a child. Yet another reason to hate Arsenal. Um, as if, as <laughs> oh, if he's just a child. Role. As if any more were needed, um, he's. I don't get. I don't get upset at, at Ivanka and Baron and stuff. I almost want to watch back the Ivanka press conferences to see if she's blinking in Morse code. I, I don't worry about her or, no, or Baron. I, I think. I think Ivanka knows exactly what she's doing now. Melania, on the other hand, she could be waking in Morse in code at us. We don't. You know, we don't know about all that. But <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. You know, I think. I think it's exactly that. You know, they saw with with. Kaepernick, you know, how that brought the ire of folks. And while obviously the NFL, the MLS isn't even close to the relevance and kind of the American consciousness as, you know, as the, as the NFL is, uh, you know, at some point Twitter travels fast. That's all our uh, commander in chief does is, you know, sit on the Twitter box and watch uh, Fox and friends. So the last thing we want him to do, right, is is start talking about the MLS, or at least that's kind of Don Garber's thought. Yeah, and he's had what, like, I saw something, oh man, I saw something pretty great online that he's done about 40,000 tweets since he got in office, something like that, and Barack did, I think, 300 in, in his entire presidency, and most of those were probably like, uh, happy Labor Day to all the uh, Americans out there. And that was about it. He did the the holiday tweets, or here's oh, my here's my basketball bracket for March Madness, and that was that's my my Barack Obama is great. One of my he's, best person, one of my best impersonations. He's still uh, he's still doing the the playlist. Though. Did you see his playlist came out pretty recently? 
I did. I tried to look for some uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, but I didn't see any on there. You know, he's he's not a fan yet. Um, you know, maybe we'll see him uh, on Saturday here in uh, here in Columbus. The St. Paul and the Broken Bones are going to be here, which I'm super excited for. I am too, because we have a babysitter. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. I'm pretty stoked, but um, I digress. Yeah, so that's unfortunately the matches are going to be few and far between. But then even even at that point, Brian, whenever they do decide to change their mind about it, and this goes back to even the Save the Crew stuff, when they go back and, for instance, with Save the Crew, the team was saved and the team comes back and all that great stuff. But whenever the team is saved, they're going through and they're they're bringing it back because they see a viable market. Yeah, they're bringing it absolutely. back because they they can make money off of it because they now have real estate downtown and a very prominent location in Columbus. You're coming into a part of the arena district that's a pretty well built up, probably the best one of the best places to hang out downtown is that area. And you kind of think, well, yeah, they're bringing it back. And the fans did a ton. Like, not even myself. I don't give myself any of the credit. I'm talking about the folks who are running it, doing events raising money um they were doing um, events with uh chris or it's a local um kind of refugee uh group within columbus and they were doing free soccer clinics and all this stuff they were doing amazing things and it just big shout out to chris they're doing they're doing awesome work good folks there it's awesome and even the local um premier league team supporters groups are working on stuff to get them um get them toy drives and get them money and help them out too. So it's, it's a great place, but you're bringing them back just for the sake of making more money. And at this point, if they come out and say, okay, fine, we're against white, white supremacy. You know, I I should write these speeches for them. I would say, fine. Okay. We don't like white supremacists. Can we move on now? You can have your sides back. Even if they change their thoughts on it, it's going to be to not lose customers. They're not doing it because they might actually think that, they're doing it because they're going to make money from it. It's yeah, it's 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 all about the bottom line. Um mm. did you see what the uh the supporters groups from uh Portland and Seattle did uh, in protest? I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, that was tasty. Tell us about it. So, for the first 33 minutes uh of their recent game, they stayed completely silent. So, anyone that's never been to a soccer match, usually your supporters groups you're cheering, you're singing, you're doing chants. I mean, the whole game. It's 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 a whole thing. And they stayed silent uh, for the first 33 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. 33 being relevant as that's the year that the Iron Front was founded. The Iron Front being an organization, anti-Nazi uh, group in Germany. So I thought that was you know a really cool way of protesting. The players were really signed on to it. I know I saw... Uh, on Twitter, a couple of players wearing Iron Front uh, T-shirts. I know one of the players was wearing that in an interview, which I thought was really cool. Um, so it was really cool just to see kind of the players even saying, "Hey, this is wrong." You know, we support this group. Um, yeah, it was it was a really cool, really cool scene, really good thing to hear. Yeah, no, oh, that was awesome. I I watched it, and then the um, investor operator majority of uh, the Portland Timbers. He apparently had some words for the supporters, and he actually he said that you you didn't help them. You are the reason that we lost. Did you see that? I did not see that. 
Yeah, he he has a way of putting his foot in his mouth. He's been known to tweet things out and then delete them or respond to even. I have a thing on Twitter. I, I, I try not to get into um, battles with people who are have less followers than me. And it's not like a high and mighty thing. It's just if you have like 100 followers and you're on there just to troll people, I'm not, I just don't want to waste my time with it. Or maybe this guy's, fake, fake videos burning uh, kits. Possibly. But this guy's got like tens of thousands of people following him online and he's got a, a, a investor operator group for the Portland Timbers and he's he's big in the community. But you're on Twitter like trolling people and then he did in real life. He was trolling his actual fans of people who pay money to come to his stadium. to pay money to go out and, and buy his product. And he was blaming them because his team is not having a strong enough say against um, – against these white supremacist groups. Now they came out and they did have like an anti-fascism, anti-racism. They had signs out there and um, even the players, they bring out their flag at the beginning of the match and they exchange them with the other team and they said anti-fascism, anti-racism. But uh, I love that the players do it and they'll never make an issue of the players doing it like Ali Bedoya. They're not going to make an issue of him going to the microphone and saying, stop gun violence. Because, right. like you said, they don't want to turn it into a Kaepernick thing. They don't want to show anger towards a player or go lash out against a player because then it just amplifies it. It puts it through the megaphone and it becomes uh, a soapbox to stand on for any cause that is against you know, the league or if the league is doing something. So they don't want to do that. But when the fans do it, and whenever they, they actively promote the fans as being loud and being boisterous and being you know having flags and showing how much you love the game and your community and stuff but then whenever that community is against something that is causing issue you just you know sweep it under the rug yep and that's even happening here in columbus now because you you showed me an article uh from 614 magazine or a blog excuse me they were talking about how um, those proud boys similar group that some of those NYCFC supporters are, are calling from. And this is not all the fans. There are great folks who follow NYCFC. And it's is not a generalization about all of them. Just like people joke around, generalize about Chelsea fans all being racist. They're not. They're great people who are a part of it. They're Absolutely. great people who are Chelsea fans. And same with Liverpool. They've had a bad history of, you know, people have died during matches because of things that some fans have done. But you paint a broad, uh, paint a broad brush stroke against an entire group of people that's unfair but there was a group of about 20 of these uh, proud boys who went and they did a march down sawmill tell us more about that you, you're the one who shared the article with me yeah so i mean they're they're doing a march they're holding you know their flags and they're doing what these scumbag lowlifes typically do you know saying vile racist misogynist homophobic things um, and so 614 um, decides that they're going to do uh, – well, first they do an article just, just, just talking about, hey, there were these folks out there. Here's what they you – know, here's kind of what was going on. Okay, that's you're, – you're reporting news, right? Mm-hmm. You're not giving an opinion one way or the other. You're not saying anything one way or the other. You're, you're giving us news. This is what happened. No problem with that. Okay. So then they decide that they're going to post an interview 
with the, I guess, the head of the group. I don't know that they ever said he was necessarily the head, but he was kind of the They didn't say his person. name or anything. They did an anonymous an anonymous interview with somebody within the group. They didn't, they, they hid his identity. Posted, and they post this, this interview completely without comment, completely without um, any kind of uh, comment from the writer, comment from someone maybe with an opposing viewpoint, description of you know what they've been accused of believing in the past and so it's just this it's basically this puff piece of they're they're basically letting this guy say well we're not uh racist we're not you know misogynist you know we're your uh, i think the line he used was something like we're your brothers and your fathers and your grandfathers and we're just uh standing up for you know american values and and this nazi flag that we're holding or a nazi like flag that we're holding it's just ironic we're just joking like we're we're doing this for uh for shock value this is uh you know this is very like 8chan online shock value kind of thing and we're we're not actually racist or you know any of those things and so of course they rightly so come under a lot of flack for it um people criticizing that you take the time to give this group uh, this platform that basically allows them to spew hate. They're spewing, again, racism, misogyny, with no comment, no counterpoint. It it, it was horrible. And they, they got a lot of flack, a lot of harsh reactions. Um, what was your initial thought when I sent you the article? I first thing I said I saw in the first paragraph or two it talks about okay they had this march on Sawmill Road which is a pretty it's a very busy road in Columbus probably one of the top top five busiest areas of Columbus is Sawmill in Dublin and one of the first things they say is we reached out to the Southern Poverty Law Center and we asked them if they knew about the event and then they said Southern Law Poverty Center they came out and said no we did not um we do not have any comment about the event. And then that's it. They didn't yep. talk about the um, SPLC's stance on them as a as a terrorist group. They didn't have any response about any background about the Proud Boys, any history that they have. And also protecting the identity of the person who was sharing the interview. They came out and said, we're not racist. We're This is ironic. This is not something we don't. We're not a hate group and blah, 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 blah. Then why are you, why are you protecting him? Why are you protecting his name? He didn't interview. Why did he, did he even say he, he wished to protect himself? He wished to protect his name. I don't remember if it said that in the article. I don't know if it said anything about um, he has chosen to stay anonymous. Do you remember right. anything about that in the article? No, I, I don't. And the article's not to be, the article's not there anymore. So unless you. Shocker. Yeah, right. So unless you have this horribly, to... this horribly written lack of any jur- uh, ethical journalism has been taken down. Shock. Well, it took him a while <laughs> to take it down. It's it sat out there for a few days. Um, so, of course, again, a lot of flack on social media, Twitter, Facebook. The comment section on the uh, Facebook article was a mile long with. Uh, you know, mostly people asking basically, what the hell were you thinking? Um, <laughs> few people in there defending it, as you're always going to have, because comment sections are generally a cesspool. They're good people should... on both sides, Brian. Uh, 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Good people on both sides, indeed. Um, and you should never spend any time in comment sections. Just a tip for you kids out there. Um, and so then the 614 posts this article basically defending it, saying, well, you know, free speech and we're, you know, right to post this. And could we have done a little better? Maybe. But this is what we did. Kind of defending it. Never, never apologized. Never said, hey, we're going to do better next time. Here's here was really our thought process. Really none of that. So then that, of course, <laughs> got, got a lot of the same amount of backlash because instead of, uh, you know, apologizing and it generally will go away. Of course, they decide to double down on it. So, you know, never say you're sorry, right? That's that's kind of the strategy among some people. Never admit you're wrong and never say you're sorry. Um, so then they finally post an article the next day saying, hey, okay, we understand why you're upset. We apologize for it. This is, you know, we should have uh, presented multiple sides. We should have done a better job of sourcing the information, getting other opinions, Um We'll do we'll do better next time. We apologize to anyone that was hurt or offended by this. We'll you know, and they finally took the article down. I think you still probably find it on the Daily Stormer. Oh, I'm sure it's uh, probably a pinned uh, a pinned post on Eight Chan yeah. uh, right about now. Uh, I cut you off. What were you gonna say? Finish finish your thought. I was just gonna say I think it's uh I think it's probably a pen post out on eight chan you know they're the uh, the proud boys are loving it but you know it, but I think it just it comes back to journalism and and I know we don't want to spend all day bashing the media God knows there's enough of that going on mm-hmm. but it's this idea again that this these proud boys or these other groups, are a legitimate ideology. Mm-hmm. It it's this idea that you know here, here's what happens on a typical day. You see someone um, on the right will say something racist, sexist, xenophobic, whatever the case may be. Someone on the left will criticize them. And what is the media? What what's usually the media story? Oh, the left and the right are fighting again. Yeah, it's it's not. Um, you know, this person, what they said was racist or it would, they'll usually describe it as racially charged, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying something's racist, they'll say it's racially charged, (laughs) which is okay. It's, it's, there is a lot of media suppression since, um, that fateful November back in 2016. And it's not all his fault it's you have a very polarized culture people voted for him it wasn't you can't blame just him but there's a lot of media suppression out there where media folks are scared to post certain things or write certain things and when you do say things you have fear of backlash from the leader of the free world and so it it scares some folks so this is an easier thing to do for six one not six one four. They're not going to grab the attention of the president probably for an article like this. But um, just the idea that 
you have to be very careful with things and you should be careful. I mean, there's things that you just listed off that are basics that they just didn't do. And right. it just kind of showed there. They do a lot of good stuff. They write about things oh. that happen in Columbus and they, they're kind of a voice for the people in the city, but this was just everything you listed. Those are basics of journalism. If you want to be in the, if you want to be in the market and anybody can be, you can be a journalist. I can be a journalist. Anybody at an event tweeting out about the event has become and on the on the field reporter, yeah, you can just get a URL and you become a journalist. But uh, this is a good way to turn people off from other good things you actually write. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but you know, one thing that is going to save everything is the the presidential debates and the presidential election that's coming up. And our guy, uh, and our guy Joe. He's really showing um, he's going to be the leader of the Democratic Party. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's uh, <laughs> he's really every time every time I see him, I think of um, have you seen the meme with uh, well, it's, it kind of became a meme, but like Steve Buscemi walking through the hall with like a uh, young kid clothes on. He's like, how's it uh, going, fellow kids? Hat. And with the skateboard <laughs> on his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's not great. It's it, it's it's not great. <laughs> um, it's he's had a rough few weeks. Let's put it that way. I just some for somebody to be that out of touch with what's going on is just shocking to me. Like he came in with the um, with the with the being handsy kind of thing and always like hugging and um, the caresses and stuff like that. And that was the start. We're like, okay, he's he's trying to fight that. He's trying to he's gonna try to persevere through it. And just the more and more things that he says, like in one of the debates, he called Cory Booker President Booker. And it wasn't sarcastic. It was just like a slip. He called him President Booker, which is a small thing. But now you're seeing a, some bigger things coming out. Or the 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 one that really bothered me was the segregationist senator stuff where he's talking about making laws with segregationist senators. And these were great guys. And we happened to you know we worked together on all these things and it's just like no dude no <laughs> just because just because you were able to have you know lunch with them and cocktails at the same place doesn't mean they were good people yeah and <laughs> just over the last week two things that popped out um to not me everybody because if i if i hear something about politics it's everyone's heard it because i'm probably not i'm not reading the news every day and getting all of the updated you know like oh this person's in new hampshire today talking to a uh, an ice cream parlor because they've been there for 80 years. you know the things that presidential candidates do oh yeah uh, but the things about talking about barack obama being assassinated yeah uh, uh, and this is days after his wife came out and said i know that he's not the there are a lot better candidates on the issues, but I still think you should vote for him. Like, what, what is, what, I would hate to be his campaign manager. Like, that campaign manager has to be seeing these things happen or hearing about these things happen and just be like, no, no, this is this is not what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> she's uh, she's a, she's uh, you know channeling her inner uh, Thanos, right? Because what was Thanos's line? I am inevitable. <laughs> is she kind of saying that, that Joe Biden is uh, is inevitable? <laughs> oh. 
I, I don't know. Oh, that's a great, that's a great analogy. Now I'm imagining, now I'm imagining uh, Joe Biden wearing that that gauntlet, <laughs> <laughs> snaps his fingers, and uh, he's hoping to get that reality infinity stone so he can <laughs> he can say, oh, you were all just imagining that that happened, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna get rid of half of the people on this on this country, all of them being conservative democrat or the liberal democrats i'm trying to get rid of all and then i just saw an article uh or a post today saying that uh, there's a news article that's saying that joe biden is upset at donald trump for taking some of his financial donors isn't that an issue if you're a supporter of the democrats that trump can take donors from joe biden are those really the people you we wanted to be taking money from in the first place if they're uh you can lose them to trump yeah, I mean, like we're not uh, we're not political experts or political uh, commentators, but it's just seeing that it's just craziness. It's it it doesn't uh, fill me with much hope. But what what does fill me with with hope with that is at least these things are finally breaking through. I think to people, people are seeing this. Some of the poll numbers are down. Maybe that at least gives us some hope that we're gonna hear some other voices. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a fully uh, endorsed Elizabeth Warren uh, stan. I'm all on uh, Team Liz Warren, so you know, hopefully that helps her break out a little bit. But you know, it, well, this podcast be... too, I think, is gonna help her in the polls. Oh, she's getting that uh, Bryant and me bump. <laughs> oh yeah, the bump is there. I mean, when this thing goes viral. She's uh she's shooting straight to the moon. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of angling right now for this podcast. I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Uh Liz Warren, if you need a press secretary, I'm your guy. I'm gonna I, throw my throw my candidacy out. I mean, if hey, if uh if Scaramucci can do it, why can't I? And then maybe that'll get you right to dancing on the, with the stars. Ooh. This is I think this is what you're trying to get. This is the end. I can see the end game. You, you want to be out there dancing. You want to go for that that globe or whatever they give away on the show. Is that what me, they give away? Me and uh, you know me and like um, Chris Kirkpatrick, you know from NSYNC and uh, oh yeah, Joey Fatone. Throw ooh. him out there. Latoya Jackson. I'm just thinking of people who are on the Masked Singer now. Uh, Screech. You know Screech. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he. Um, I don't think he sh- he's allowed to be on uh, normal television anymore. I think there there are laws against that. But hey, if the if the press secretary doesn't work out, you can always be Joe Biden's campaign manager whenever she quits. Mm, what's it? <laughs> um, well, some I'm, of the donors are going to Trump's camp, so because uh, I'm for sale. But I mean, it's we got to talk money here. We're a podcast of integrity. Uh, speaking of integrity, we don't have any sponsors. We don't have any ads on this show because of you, because of you, the listener. We want you to have a show clear of ads, clear of you know product placement. But with that said, but if you if want to send us money, wants to sponsor us, we're totally open to it. Oh, we absolutely. Don't have to re- we don't even have to review your product. We don't even have to use it. Just let us know. I mean, and we'll we'll hawk anything. I'm telling if I you right tell now. tell my wife that, you know, like, hey, I'm going to podcast tonight instead of getting a, uh, if I get a, like, a, oh, that's another $5 we get. I'm fine with that. 
I mean, name the product. We're open. <laughs> oh. All right, Thomas. Any right. anything else you wanted to to throw out there before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I think we've um, I think we've given enough people. Uh, we've given people enough podcast minutes to skip over. Uh, this is this has been fun. I'm glad that we were able to get this. This is a good way to kind of not just vent, but get it out there, talk about it, because you can't really talk about this stuff in a professional work environment. Now you can talk about soccer, but even then, that's um, if it's not fantasy football, you're not going to get a lot of uh, talk around the water cooler. You can't really do this. A lot of a lot of blank stares. Yeah, when we start talking, uh, we start talking soccer. Yeah, the hell is real and and all that, and then talk about fascism and stuff. It's not really um, workplace fodder. And then on the internet, if you talk about this stuff, you always have people replying back to you and trying to have conversations about it. But that's just why why not why do that when you can have a podcast where you control the narrative and nobody can say anything back to you? I mean, don't at me, okay? <laughs> don't at me. Don't at me, bro. But with that said. Um, we we do have a we do have a, a a Twitter account. It's at Bryant and me A N D, not the ant symbol. And you can also follow um, Bryant on Twitter at Pickle Chips at Pickle Chips, where the the eyes in Pickle Chips are number ones. And they can also follow me if you want. I'm one Thomas Costello. But odds are you're already following us because that's probably where you found the podcast. But if you're not, you should go out and. You should go out and support us. Not not fiscally, but if you want to, we'll take it. But gladly, you know, um, give us a follow, listen to the podcast, share it with a friend or two. Um, you can give us a review on iTunes whenever this ends up being on iTunes if they approve us. But um, I've been on other podcasts and they've approved those, so I have a feeling this one will have no issues getting through. But um, Brian, it's it's been a pleasure. It's been great, man. Had a had a great time. If you're all still here, thank you for listening. If you haven't turned it off already. Yeah, but um I haven't turned it off and that's what counts. As long as we can hear ourselves and hear ourselves speak. That's all that's why we're doing this, right? Absolutely. All right, Brian. Well, you have a great night. It's a little it's a little late, so we're going to I'm going to stop our recording and uh I'll, I'll I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye.